What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement, Amron. And I just finished my July Dynasty Rankings update. Worked on it all over the weekend. Finished it up this morning. And like I always do, when I finish these updates, we're going to hop on here and give you guys my favorite must-buy and sell trade targets. Now, in these Dynasty Rankings, you can find them on patreon.com slash ronstewart. The link will be in the description. It'll be down below in the comments. On there, in terms of Dynasty, you get my top 250 Superflex tight end premium ranks. You get my positional tiers, which is my most treasured possession across the board on the discord because in the positional tiers you get so much value you're looking at my trade value tiers how much they've changed in rank from last time i did an update obviously you get their rank then you get their prospect here so what did the rs grade database which is my prospect model what did it spit out for each of those players and then if i was owning that player how do i feel about them neutral means okay you can hold on to them you can trade them you can buy them i don't really care soft buy means maybe if you're making a deal throw that guy in there hard buy means go out make offers for this guy and then the same thing on the other on the other end you have hard sell which means go immediately go sell those players soft sell means if you're you know in trade talks you can throw that guy in the back of the deal and it's no big deal so i think this is one of the most actionable ways to digest rankings where you can just have your team up on one tab have these up on the other tab and sort of go through and say hey ron thinks that this guy is a sell should i sort of you know, poke around, see what people are offering for them. But there's a lot of information in there that is actionable. And I think that is rare to see these days. So this will all be on patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get into my must buy and sell trade targets for the month of July. If you enjoyed the video at any point in time, you should go down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Thirsty, thirsty, try to choose. I mean, I know I'm critical. My nitty so up top, we're going to talk about my three must-buys. And at the top of that list is a guy that I am going to have to be screaming at the top of my lungs about for the next three months because it doesn't seem like people understand just how good he is. And it's Elijah Moore. In a Daco's ADP, I'll make sure I'll put that down below in the comments as well. He has really good ADP databases that pull from real sleeper leagues with real money on the line. And in startups, the last two weeks... Elijah Moore has gone at the 708 as the wide receiver 29 in Superflex tight end premium dynasty leagues. I don't get the pessimism with Elijah Moore at all. This was a guy who was a 12.6 point per game guy last year, wide receiver 28 in points per game as a rookie, had an 18.6% target share, and we know rookies take that next step forward. So if he was a fringe wide receiver two with an 18.6% target share, we can see him be a low-end wide receiver too with like a 20% plus target share on the lower end. It's also worth noting that he put up those numbers in that Jets offense, catching passes from guys, not just Zach Wilson, but guys like Mike White. And I think Josh Johnson even played a game. It was bad. And the most encouraging part is that even in a bad situation, he put up those numbers, but he not only put up those numbers, he put up those numbers without even being in a full-time role. Last year, he only played in 68.1% of the snaps and participated in 72% of the routes. He wasn't even a full-time wide receiver, and he still put up serviceable stats. But when you look on a per-route basis last year, he was crazy good. He posted a target per-route run rate of 26%, which tied with Keenan Allen last year for 13th among all wide receivers ahead of other rookie wide receivers like Jamar Chase, Amon Ross St. Brown, Rashad Bateman, Devonta Smith. In year one, on a per route basis, when he was on the field, he was demanding targets and he was efficient. He also looked great in reception perception. Like he literally checks every box on reception perception, 81st percentile against man, 76th percentile against zone, 70th percentile against press. He also isn't this tiny slot wide receiver. He played over 75% of his snaps from the X position last year. 
I don't understand why people are so low on Elijah Moore. He demands a lot of targets. He had a promising rookie year. He crushed reception perception. He's coming into year two. This offense is also taking a little bit of a step forward. We have Zach Wilson going into year two. We've seen guys like Goff and Carson Wentz take big steps in year two. We have Garrett Wilson coming in. We have a healthy Corey Davis. We have Braxton Berrios. Brees Hall is coming in there. Michael Carter. The offensive line is improved. We have Becton on one side. We have Elijah Vera Tucker in there. I don't understand the pessimism around Elijah Moore to the point where he's a wide receiver three in Dynasty. Last year, we had guys like Ayuk and T. Higgins, all of these year two guys fighting as like fringe top 12 wide receivers. But Elijah Moore doesn't seem to get that same love. It doesn't really make a ton of sense for me. And when we look at what my database spits out for Elijah Moore heading into year two, it takes into account his prospect profile. So he was an elite prospect in my database. And it takes into account his year one PFF receiving grade, his points per game in year one, and his target share in year one, which is honestly sort of doing him dirty, his target share, because again, he was a 26% guy on a per route basis, only an 18.6% guy on a aggregate basis. But even then, the database spits out Calvin Ridley, Brandon Cooks, Hollywood Brown, and CeeDee Lamb. All guys who have top 24 finishes under their plate and a couple guys who have top five and top 12 finishes. He's just on a much different trajectory than the market seems to assume. And I get that they drafted Garrett Wilson. I love Garrett Wilson, but we know that wide receiver talent wins out. We saw the same thing with T Higgins last year. They bring in Jamar Chase, T Higgins still eight. He was still a top 12 wide receiver. We also know that Garrett Wilson could just suck. He could be Henry Ruggs. He could be any of these busts. He could be Jalen Rager. We don't know for a fact that he is going to be a great wide receiver in the NFL. So dinging Elijah Moore for him being there, I think is bad practice. And on top of that, Elijah Moore's only in year two. I don't really care a ton about target competition this year in players' careers, especially in Dynasty. You're not really looking for Elijah Moore to produce right away anyways. You don't need him to be a top five wide receiver. Also, wide receivers are changing hands like crazy in the NFL. There's always opportunity for somebody to get traded, situations to change. The NFL is so ever-changing. I'm not just going to cling on to Garrett Wilson and say, you know what, Elijah Moore isn't a top 20 dynasty wide receiver. For me, again, I have met like wide receiver 18. I, I really don't understand having him much lower than like wide receiver 20, which then brings me to a Dacos trade tool. And I'll be sure to link them down below in the comments. But I like to go through when I do these trade target videos and look at real trades that happen in real leagues. So again, a Daco compiles trade data from real sleeper leagues and Elijah Moore is getting traded I wouldn't say pennies, but this is cheap. Nico Collins in a 202, I'll do that all day. Any any roster-clogging wide receiver like Nico Collins, Terrace Marshall, Josh Palmer in an early second, all day. 2024 first for Elijah Moore, I'll do that all day as well. Elijah Mitchell for Elijah Moore, very easy there where you get any one of those sort of, I wouldn't say dead zone running backs, but guys in like that sixth round of like Elijah Mitchell, A.J. Dillon, very easy sell for Elijah Moore. Zach Ertz and Allen Robinson, speechless speechless at that trade I, I don't know how that goes through you have brandon Ayuk for elijah moore as much as i love brandon Ayuk, elijah moore beats him out 10 out of 10 times very similar profiles going into year two Ayuk sucked in year two elijah moore could be amazing in year two so give me elijah moore there i don't understand the discrepancy here if i didn't have him in a ton of leagues already i would be going around and poking with that like second plus a unsexy wide receiver like if you could do like alan robinson in a second for elijah moore i think i would do that all day as well and he's a great buy for rebuilders and for contenders i think that he's going to retain his value he has upside in 2022 and if not i think long term he's going to be a solid wide receiver next up we have calvin ridley who's going off the board of the 13 12 as the wide receiver 60 but he's in my ranks as my 11 12 as my wide receiver 53 and i would have him even higher for rebuilding teams just hard to sort of gauge how you value calvin ridley depending on where you're at with your team and if you can kind of roster him for that year but i don't have to do much 
talking about Calvin Ridley's talent at this point, we know he's good. He has a top five season under his belt. He was the wide receiver 26 as a rookie. He was the wide receiver 18 in year two. He was the wide receiver four in year three. So the steady climb up. And then he had this weird year last year where he sort of had like mental health issues. And then he got popped for like gambling on the Falcons. And now he's suspended for an entire year. But he's 27 going on 28. I don't think that any of us can confidently say that he's not good at football. He's still a top 10 to 15 wide receiver in real life. He's going to be fine in terms of like long-term output. As we get towards the season, people are prioritizing scoring in their lineup. So if you have a contender in your league with Calvin Ridley and you have someone you can give them for any type of immediate production, that seems like a very easy transaction to make, especially as his price continues to fade. Now, when we talk about Calvin Ridley for... 2023 i think he's just going to be like a top five round pick and redraft he'll probably be like a top 24 wide receiver that is one of the safest bets you can make at almost no cost right like a double digit round startup value so i think it's a great trade to make and if we look at the recent trades in july he's been going for pennies we have zacherts for calvin ridley that's perfect if you have a guy in your league who's a contender and needs like tight end help and maybe he like lost gronk you give him a zach Ertz type you have robbie anderson which i have no words for that one you have robbie anderson you have terrace marshall both ones that i have no words for and then jamison crowder and what seems to be like a fifth i don't know uh what a fifth would even be valued at in terms of rookie pick but if you can take any of those wide receivers like robbie anderson terrace marshall jamison crowder anybody in that like wide receiver 50 plus range in fantasy i would be willing to swap them straight up for calvin ridley if i'm a rebuilder Anybody that's sort of like a veteran on your team that you've been wanting to get rid of for a while, go hit up the Calvin Ridley owner and kind of see what you can make happen. Our last buy for today is Traylon Burks. And his post-draft fall has been pretty crazy. He's going at the 608 as the wide receiver 20 right now in Adeko's ADP. In my rankings, he's my 404 as my wide receiver 16. I haven't budged since the draft. And I said this on Twitter today, and people got really mad at me, but the Traylon Burks asthma discount feels really similar to the Jamar Chase dropping balls discount. I'm not saying that Traylon Burks is going to have a top five fantasy season like Jamar Chase did. I'm not saying he's going to set the league on fire, anything like that. I'm just saying in terms of dinging rookie wide receivers for dumb reasons from early training camp, mini camp, rookie mini camp blurbs, is a mistake we haven't even seen him go on the field yet the asthma thing i think was overblown him being out of shape asthma whatever it's hot in tennessee you have players that from the combine through week one of minicamp a lot of times have conditioning issues it's not a huge deal in my book and if it's not a huge deal in your book either it is great to go out and buy Traylon burks for this discount we had in the month of may he was the 506 as the wide receiver 16 Right now, he's going to the 608 as the wide receiver 20. So we're getting about a round discount on Traylon Burks right now. And again, the only thing that has really come out about him is the asthma reports. And I have a direct quote from the Titans wide receiver coach on Roto World saying, he's going to be fine. I'm pretty sure of that. It seems like it's not a big concern. They trade away the 18th overall pick for him. This is somebody they want to succeed, somebody they want to future in the offense and replace AJ Brown. And I'm not going to abandon such a great prospect over training camp blurbs. This is a guy... At 6'2", 224 pounds, has this big, explosive playmaker with the ball in his hands type build like an A.J. Brown, like a Demarius Thomas. And that's a build in fantasy that has game-breaking upside. And you look at his college profile, it was amazing. If there was something wrong there with conditioning or anything, he wouldn't have just absolutely blown up the SEC for three years. When we compare what he did in receiving yard market share to Garrett Wilson and Drake London, the other big first round wide receivers Traylon Burks led all of them in year one he was about tied with Garrett Wilson in year two and he led all of them in year three he produces across the board he's big I think his combine 40 was a little bit overblown it's not like he ran like a 465 he ran a fine 40 for his size 
when we compare what he did in receiving yard market share to Garrett Wilson and Drake London, the other big first round wide receivers, Traylon Burks led all of them in year one. He was about tied with Garrett Wilson in year two, and he led all of them in year three. He produces across the board. He's big. I think his combine 40 was a little bit overblown. It's not like he ran like a 4.65. He ran a fine 40 for his size. And my database spit out Akeem Nix and Kenny Britt as comps, which are really solid as these big body alpha type wide receivers. What I will say is Kenny Britt didn't have a great pro career, but I don't think that that was as much of his fall as it was like situation and kind of weird things going on where he was like on the Titans and the Rams and it wasn't that great. But as prospects, he was really good. And Akeem Nix has some really strong seasons on his resume. And I will say, for a lot of you guys out there that didn't get shares in the rookie draft, I think now is the perfect time to go out and buy Traylon Burks. I only got one share through like 10 or 11 rookie drafts this offseason. I'm going to go shopping because if he's going for these prices, I want in. And these are real trades from leagues that I am baffled by. First up, we have Traylon Burks for Russell Gage in a 23 second. Again, speechless. Russell Gage in a 23 second, I'll do that all day long. Any of those kind of like roster clogging guys like Russell Gage, are, they're a little bit better than roster cloggers, but guys that people like really value like Alan Lazard's, Russell Gage's, Marquez Valdez-Scantling's, boom. If you can take that in a second for Traylon Burks, I would do that all day long. I think I would even do two seconds plus one of those guys for Traylon Burks. AJ Dillon for Traylon Burks, very easy. AJ Dillon, again, one of those like six round startup type guys. I don't really value an AJ Dillon. I would rather have, in terms of like upside swings at running back, I think at this point, his price is inefficient. I would rather just spend that roster value on guys like Tony Pollard, Miles Sanders, uh, Rashad Penny, like literally like three rounds later. It doesn't seem like a, it doesn't make a ton of sense to buy AJ Dillon at his price right now. And if you trade away AJ Dillon for Traylon Burks, you pretty much cashed out of AJ Dillon for like the 103 if you made that move in May. Then you have DeAndre Hopkins for Traylon Burks, which doesn't even have to, I don't even have to explain that one. That one is just insane to me. DeAndre Hopkins, who's valued at like wide receiver 35 wide receiver 45 type prices suspended old wide receiver who could just fall off a cliff that's an easy one and then this last one is also disrespectful baker mayfield and nico collins i don't even know how you get the calculus to do that for Traylon burks i'm not saying that you can make these deals exactly but i'm just showing you guys how cheap he's been trading for and if you have a league out there where you think you can make something happen for Traylon burks definitely go explore it now, before we get to the sells, I also want to do a little bit of an honorable mention because it's not just Traylon Burks who's a must-buy. I think it's almost all rookies not named Brees Hall and Drake London. Across the board, rookie draft season, if you look at the prices they were going for then and now the prices they're going for now that we're sort of heading into redraft season, people are worrying about year one production a lot more. You're getting some pretty big discounts on some players. Some guys that stood out when I was going through my positional rankings and looking at the ADP. I like Matt Corral. I think that his prices dropped since the Baker Mayfield thing. It's not like he's going to be there long term. You have Garrett Wilson, again, just sort of the Jets, Zach Wilson, whatever. George Pickens, people are just sort of looking up and realizing that the Steelers wide receivers are pretty good. But Claypool and Deontay Johnson could be on the move in the next one to two years. You have Wondell Robinson. You have David Bell. You have Trey McBride, which I guess is from like Zach Ertz. But all of those guys... Their prices have come down since rookie draft season, and they're all pretty attainable. Now, going over to the sells, let's talk about Dalvin Cook, who's going off the board at the 308 as the RB9. In my rankings, he's my 505 as my RB14. So I have him five RB spots below consensus and like two rounds below consensus. And I just couldn't imagine spending a third round pick in Dynasty on a guy like Dalvin Cook. And if you can get any price close to a round three Dynasty startup pick on Dalvin Cook, you need to take that and run. This is a 27-year-old running back coming off pretty much the worst season of his career since he was like a rookie second-year guy. He was the RB9 last year in points per game with 15.9 points per game. But 
when we look a little bit deeper into his efficiency metrics, this is what really scares me. When we look at his fantasy points over expected per game, where expected points is just how much based on the volume that you were given, how many fantasy points were you expected to put up, and then your fantasy points over expected, your FPOE, is how much were you exceeding that on a per game basis. And from 2019 to 2020, he was elite. He was third among all running backs in that metric, tied with guys like Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, efficiency studs, and even his rookie and second year. 0.1 is decent for a rookie. 1.3 is great for a second year guy. Across the board, he's outshot his expectation. This was the first year where he didn't. He was minus 0.7 on a per game basis, 118th in the NFL among running backs when he was number five the year before, number seven the year before that. It's really scary news for a 27-year-old running back to be coming off of his worst efficiency season of his entire career. I think that Dalvin Cook's career trajectory is starting to get on the Zeke side of things, and that's really scary. So when you have a guy like Dalvin Cook, who is this risky, and he has similar projections like guys like Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette and James Conner for 2022, I think it's a inefficient use of roster value to hold like third round startup value on your team for that price so i think that the move is to just sell dalvin cook for any 2023 first if you can do that i was shocked that people have been able to pull that off i pulled it on twitter everybody wanted a 23 first over dalvin cook but i looked on adeko's trade search and it's happening all the time you can get a 2023 first even a 2023 first plus this guy got a 2023 second on top of a 2023 first for dalvin cook i don't even think that you have to be a rebuilder to, to take a trade like that if i'm a contender you trade dalvin cook for that maybe you turn around take that 2023 second and you buy like a miles sanders or a clyde edwards alaire i think that you could just fill that running back spot i'm not saying that clyde edwards alaire miles sanders has similar traject or projections to dalvin cook but i think that if you want to fill that running back spot in a different way i think you just take some other asset from your team fill that spot while also getting a 2023 first for dalvin cook you also have the bottom one which is leonard fournette and a 2024 first for Dalvin Cook. I think that'll be hard to pull off. So if you can sell Dalvin Cook for Fournette, Aaron Jones, James Conner plus, I think that's the way to go. The last player we're going to talk about here is David Montgomery, longtime fade of the channel, is going at the 602 as the RB19. And in my rankings, he's my 806 as my RB23. So not even that far off in terms of running back rankings, about four spots of running back rankings. It's just the way that I manage my roster. I don't want a David Montgomery on my team. That's why he's all the way at my 806, because I can't imagine spending like a six round startup pick on David Montgomery, because you're pretty much just paying that price tag to know who you're starting at RB2 every week. And what I mean by that is that he gives you replacement level production, right? He gives you about 15 points per game. That's where he's always been at. The issue is, is that that number can be easily replicated off the waiver wire. And in Dynasty, you're going to have a massive bench. On all of my benches, I have like 10 plus handcuffs in the waiting, just waiting to get called up, waiting for the starter to get hurt. And that's how I turned out a bunch of draft picks last year with guys like Chupa Hubbard and guys like Corderell Patterson and guys like Khalil Herbert. You can be profitable in the RB2 department just from streaming options from your bench, from whatever's on the waiver wire. Last year, you could get guys like Derek Gore on waivers. You can trade, spend like a 2023 third and go get one. It's just not a position you need to pay that much of a premium for even in Dynasty. And this tweet puts it really well. It's from Jacob Sanderson. I reference this tweet all the time, but Chubb, Montgomery, Jacobs, all were in that 15 point per game range where you could replicate their production 
off of waivers, just off of your dynasty bench from Devontae Booker, weeks five through nine, had about 15 points per game. Same thing with Darrell Williams, weeks six through 10. Same thing with Deonta Foreman, weeks 14 through 17. Same thing with Cordell Patterson on the entire year and Elijah Mitchell on the entire year. It's just that these running backs might not do it for an entire season, but they're pretty easy to find and they're pretty easy to string together and do just fine in that department without having to pay up. So I think it's just an inefficient use of your roster value to pay up four 15 point per game running backs in that six round range. And when we talk about his situation in 2022, it's not great. He has a rushing quarterback that's going to vulture carries and reduce passing volume. You have their new offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, who comes in from Mississippi State, where in 2018, his quarterback had 176 rushes, 1,200 rushing yards, 13 rushing touchdowns. It seems like Getze is going to be flowing more things through Justin Fields in terms of rushing on the ground. And then you also have Getze coming from the Packers who run a split committee between AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. I think Khalil Herbert is going to be involved a lot more than people think where in years past, you've had Matt Nagy there, just give David Montgomery the absolute bell cow workload. I think now with a new regime, you're going to see that maybe fade to more like a 60, 40 split than where it was at like a 75, 25 split. You also have the 31st offensive line ranked on PFF. There's no firepower on this offense. It's just really tough. I think he's just slated again for 14 to 15 points per game. And again, that doesn't move the needle. And his price doesn't make sense to me because we have a guy who I think is almost a carbon copy of what he offers in terms of just like a 15 point per game guy. I would actually say I prefer Josh Jacobs in all formats over him. Josh Jacobs is going at the 707, which I think is fair, while David Montgomery is going at the 602. I don't understand how Montgomery is around and a half more valuable than Josh Jacobs. And on top of that, on this list, I would take every single wide receiver listed here over Montgomery. I would take Brady over Montgomery. I would take Hawkinson over Montgomery. I don't know how he's valued there. If you have anybody in your league that will pay a 602 startup value price for David Montgomery, it is in your best interest to go do that. I think even downgrading for him to like a cheap running back that can can be like a cheap RB2, like a Ronald Jones, uh, somebody like a Clyde Edwards-Alaire, maybe a little bit later on, you can go somebody like Chase Edmonds would be perfect. Rashad Penny would be perfect. Any of those guys. Now, in terms of trades, these all look great. David Montgomery for Terry McLaurin. Any, like, wide receiver 20-ish guy all day. David Montgomery for Rashad Bateman and Ramondre Stevenson. I would do Montgomery for Bateman straight up. Uh, next, you have Montgomery for a 23 first. If you can get any kind of deal where you're trading away David Montgomery for a 23 first, that's automatic. You have Montgomery for Tanyan and Devonta Smith. I would do Devonta Smith straight up for him same thing with judy then kamara and montgomery that's an interesting one because i think that kamara i didn't want to put him on here as a buy because i'm on market with kamara but i think it's interesting buying opportunity that if anything comes out like suspension wise if any more negative news comes out and you see him drop even a little bit lower i think that's when you swoop in and buy him especially from an owner like this that just thinks that they can change out kamara for montgomery and be good to go if you can get any kind of discount on kamara where you can sell a montgomery a gibson a jacobs a zeke elliott even for Alvin Kamara, I would do that all day long. At the end of the day, Kamara has 20 plus point per game upside. Nobody in that range really can say the same. Now that's going to do it for us today. As always, if you enjoyed the video, make sure down below, subscribe, leave a like. And as I said at the top of the video, if you want access to the complete top 250 positional tiers, buy slash sell designations, all of the good stuff, exclusive Discord, subscriber leaks, just a million things you can get there. Patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. I'll make sure it's in the description. I'll make sure it's in the comments. You also get my entire redraft package. I feel like I'm one of the only guys that is goes this extensively into dynasty and redraft. You also get my dynasty stuff. You get all of or my redraft stuff where you get my weekly rankings, my fab guide stuff, my redraft rankings, all of that good stuff on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. And as always, 
I will see you guys in the next one. I got the juice. I got the juice. Tano, on. Foolies glad I'm on. Even my haters kind of glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my vagabond. Rapper, song, singer, suspended, subpoena.